This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the pilot! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yes, we are back and we are live on the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95 Radio, making it happen. And boy, can't wait to drop this show with you today. Right, so... In the world of fighting, we've had boxing, we've had UFC happening, so we're going to cover that today. AJ Anthony Joshua versus Alexander the Great Usyk happened, and everyone in the fight world is talking about that at the moment, so we're going to jump into that today. We've also got UFC 266. Now, if you've been following The Contender, the main thing about that show was the coaches and how they're going to fight up, and Volkanovski against Ortega did not let us down at UFC 266, so we're talking about that as well. And on top of that, we've got a roundup of um, the latest sports and um, a little bit of bragging rights as London, North London, is red. Can't wait. And you know what? It's going to be a good one. I'm sure people are going to be dropping a lot of comments on uh, on Arsenal versus uh Versus that team, Tottenham. And uh, we're going to be talking about that straight after the break. So make sure you grab yourself something to drink. Chill. And I'll see you right after this. Enjoy, folks. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the pilot. What a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike. I thought I'd just mention that. Not that I'm biased or anything, but if you don't notice the t-shirt right now, elite level in the building. We're talking all sorts of good stuff on the show today. Thank you very much for tuning in. A big smile on my face. There's a reason why I got a big smile on my face. It's because Arsenal beat Tottenham 3-1 yesterday and we are buzzing because of it. But hey, listen, listen, let's not talk about that. Now, let's talk about that later. Let's talk about AJ versus Usyk. You know what? I had to drop some Daneo pie hard with the Arsenal vibes and everything. You know, just, just to make sure people don't forget. You know, just, just so they don't forget. So I'm, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to just go back to my normal keys. Try and not talk about Arsenal for a segment. Okay, so coming up on the show today, we're talking AJ versus Usyk. We're talking UFC 266 and we're talking a roundup of sports including Arsenal smashing Tottenham um, okay so AJ versus Usyk coming into this fight we were talking actually last week we were discussing you know coming into this fight with Fury in the background Wilder in the background so many people discussing the anti-Joshua versus Tyson Fury fight taking on Usyk was very very tricky very very tricky we kind of learned that people were were thinking maybe because he moved up a weight class it wouldn't be the same but Usyk with 19 fights 13 KOs you know that is that is nothing to be taken lightly and you have to say if you've watched if you want to watch boxing and you want to watch skill and uh, I'm, I'm talking on technical I like AJ I'm a big AJ fan I really I respect him he's a very very smart businessman and he's done things his way to really elevate himself as a brand around the world we're talking boxing 
boxing specific boxing technique the the foundations and the fund fundamentals that Usyk used to win that fight albeit on decision was incredible one thing is people don't know maybe is the fact that Joshua may not be used to fighting against Southport. The only one I think he fought was a Romanian in his amateur career. But apart from that, being in line with that opposite foot, staying out of the pocket and also being able to utilize a jab and step to um, Joshua's least favorite side to throw a punch. And that was exactly what he did. He did it. His head movement and his footwork was magic. Usyk was incredible. Now coming into the fight, you know, AJ seemed very, very confident as usual. He seemed calm, composed. All the interviews went to plan. His en entrance coming out was spectacular. And it was made for AJ to win. But in boxing, the sweet science, it doesn't always turn out like that. And we saw a different side to AJ when it came down to maybe rounds five and six I'd give to AJ. But apart from that, Usyk's dominance was unreal unbelievable it was something else and people are probably saying you know that AJ wasn't up to it I think I think we're taking away something from Usyk's performance I think Usyk was just on another level his again his his movement his his uh the simple things he did perfectly and I think if he had a game plan he stuck to it the whole way and I and I looked at that and I thought how is he going to respond? How is AJ going to respond to that? And you thought, as the rounds ticked over, maybe conditioning-wise, you would have thought, there's two factors to look at this. AJ, you know, is well-known as an athlete to be unbelievable. But also, um, the mass, the mass that he has on his body, the muscle that he has, will eventually tire him out. And that was two kind of sides to it. While I looked at Usyk and, and his head movement, consistently his footwork him moving away from AJ's right hand um, most of the time slipping jabbing rolling moving out the way being able to create the distance and not play AJ's game which is pretty much weighing down on on Usyk and putting all that pressure on him so I, I looked at that and I thought wow what a fight I didn't want it I don't want you know one of those things when you don't want people to ruin it for you I tried to avoid social media until I actually watched the fight and the fact that I didn't hear a lot before I started watching it. I was looking and I still didn't know who won. And uh, when the decision, when it got past, when it was first three rounds, four rounds, I was watching, I was thinking, wow, you know, maybe this is the part of the game plan. Maybe this is part of AJ's game plan, just to be able to, to feel um, his way into it and eventually capitalize after rounds eight and nine. But anyone, anyone that knows Usyk and Tony Bellew would be the first person to say that. He said coming into this fight he fancied AJ to win but he said don't you know underestimate Usyk Usyk is is a legit champion and 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 taking all the belts now and probably taking away the fight that I think all the fans wanted has added a, a bit of a cloud on Usyk's performance and more disappointment on the fact that AJ is not going to fight Fury now but we know now we know with boxing and very different to UFC which we're going to be talking about a little, little bit later on Dana White is in charge of UFC. He makes the fights. But when it comes down to boxing, you've got several promoters. You've got Eddie Hearn, uh, you know, Frank Warren. You've got the Americans. You've got, you've got all these people who are like pretty much, you know, in the pockets and, and making the decisions. So, I, I, you know, I'm gutted. And I was saying this last week on the show. I'm gutted that Fury and AJ are not going to fight. But listen, if Usyk did that to AJ, God knows what Fury's going to do to him if he ever did fight him. And that's why 
you know, now attention gets turned to Deontay Wilder versus uh, Tyson Fury on October 9th for the trilogy. What do you think is going to happen with that? Will we see another surprise on the cards or will it be, um, you know, a routine win for Tyson Fury? Don't take it. Don't take these things lightly. I'm telling you, we said it last week and Sergei was right. Sergei did predict that Usyk would beat, you know, um, uh, Joshua. But what do you guys think? Text me on 4215 or do or slide up into my DMs at Omar Duri and let me know during the break. Because coming up next, someone who does take charge of his uh, sport is Dana White. And we are going to be talking the UFC 266. If you missed that, God, there was one fight in there we're going to be talking about, which was unreal. I'm going to see you straight after a break, but take it easy. And don't go anywhere for too long. Here's some Rima Dumimbi. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he left the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! It sure is that time. It's fight time. We're talking all sorts of stuff and all sorts of good stuff. We started off with AJ versus Usyk and we're going into UFC. But before we do that, Tottenham fans. <laughs> Tottenham fans, where you at, Tottenham fans? You were guest uh, a few weeks ago, top of the league. Uh, where you at? Okay, right. So, enough, enough. Come on, I won't be mean. I won't be mean. I know. I know, I know, I know. I won't, I won't mention Arsenal Tottenham again for this segment. Okay, right. UFC 266 was fantastic. Phenomenal. Really, really enjoyed seeing the conclusion of the contender following the coaches on the contender series that Dana White set up um, the Ultimate Fighter Championship. Now, Brian Ortega versus Volkanovski was on there. And the whole time, I, to be honest, and it's not because I've interviewed him, but I, I was really looking forward to seeing how Brian Ortega would match up against Volkanovski. I'm going to call him Alex because I keep struggling with that name. Um, very, very uh, different styles. Um, he looked, Volkanovski looked in shape. Oh my God, he looked incredible. Brian Ortega was a lot more longer in terms of his stance and his approach. But during the fight, I mean, when he when he almost submitted him, how he got out of that submission, Brian Ortega was on that tight. And I couldn't believe that he got out of it. But then again, that's what champions do. You know, they find a way. And it was very, very cool to see, you know, a, a proper... One of the best fights I've seen in a while. So if you haven't seen UFC 266, the main event is worth it. One thing that was I was a bit skeptical about, maybe I wasn't as, as gassed as everyone else when it came down to it, but... But the um, the Diaz uh, Lola fight, I, I kind of felt sorry for Diaz. I, I like the Diaz brothers. I think they're they're very very unique for obvious reasons. But they're very unique. You know, they do triathlons in their spare time. Yes, they you know sometimes they go years without fighting. But you can always expect something. When I saw Diaz come out with a flying <laughs> a flying reverse kick, I just thought, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Please don't do that. And and I was watching that and I thought. Oh no, I think he thought it looked faster than it was. But you know that person you really want to do well? I really wanted him to do well and I think the fans were cheering his name. And normally that dark hero or the, you know, the people get on with the villain quite a bit. Diaz was that person. Lola looked 
in shape he was uh, very sharp very quick as well you've got to realize these guys fought like what 14 15 years ago if i'm not mistaken and that's a long time in a sport and um seeing them come back in the ring i think the hype was there i was i was looking forward to that more than the main event merely for the fact that they did such a great job with the embedded series and all these kind of thing uh things you know um aj saying once in a decade mate i think he's talking about the arsenal tottenham game the arsenal smash tottenham 3-1 it's only because you mentioned aj i I said i wasn't gonna talk about it too often um but yeah back to ufc um i I think you know nowadays people criticize the way sports is run um how it's organized that it's mainly about business and money and yes these athletes have to look after their own and have to do what's best for themselves but I think the difference between UFC and boxing is in UFC with Dana White, he always tries and picks the fights that people want to watch. Stylistically, the fan favorites, he's even named belts after, you know, the baddest person on the planet. Of course, it wasn't quite in that name, but he's done that. And there's always been someone that has, has tried to deliver massive, massive matchups for everyone. And then I look at boxing and I'm kind of disappointed because I, I wanted AJ, I'm sure you guys did as well. I really wanted AJ to fight Fury. I really wanted to see that. Obviously, the arbitration rule that Deontay Wilder set up and the fact that Fury would have to pay $80 million to wave off that fight, you know, delayed things. And I, I don't think it's anyone's fault necessarily. I don't think anyone was avoiding anyone. But when I do watch Usyk yesterday, uh, or the day before, sorry, fight Tyson Fury I thought wow you know there are levels to this game and you know I like how Fury took the defeat I like the fact he said he'll be back and I hope he will be back and I hope he will you know um, learn from this he has an automatic rematch in his claws so maybe he'll activate that but then again do you want to go straight back in the ring and fight someone who's just beating you and AJ's not used to losing either he's only lost that Ruiz fight you know at professional level so so that won't be something. But looking at the the, the technique and the skill set that Usyk performed, and you probably have to spar and fight with a lot more southpaws now, being an orthodox fighter and being in the position that he was, all that you have to factor in mind. So I'm kind of looking at that and thinking that how does AJ come back from this? And rather than looking for the money fights will he now look for the right fights if you know what i mean because he has to now be careful he's got two losses on his record and you know people talk about boxes and everything but when you suffer a defeat in boxing it is very hard to mentally get yourself back on track and physically you can train the body but mentally where do you go do you change coaches do you get a psychologist do you end up um focusing on on, on the mental side more and 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 almost put the the physical side on the back foot a little bit because you know you're good at that there are so many factors as an athlete or as a fighter that you come to adverse and you face defeats and you face challenges and i think aj will bounce back from this and i really hope he does i know david coldwell as well who was on the show and he was talking about that and saying that you know these fighters they're conditioned to face these kind of challenges so i really hope that uh, aj comes back but what's next for AJ I mean let me know 4215 at slot or do or start up into my DMs I said I wasn't going to mention it but coming up next we're talking about Arsenal versus Tottenham after Arsenal beat Tottenham 3-1 you know I'm trying not to I'm really really trying not to but I'm looking forward to uh, discussing all the action from the weekend across the globe uh, in a roundup of our sports segment here's some uh, Miss You Bad by Mr. Easy enjoy folks 
This is the Halftime Show with Omar Maduri on Pulse 9995. Oh, he loves the pilot! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Maduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Uh, let's get ready to run! So you have a drone and here's an incentive to get up in the air. Film Sharjah from above with love and win up to 10,000 dirhams worth of prices. Go on, get up there, show us what you got, give us your best shot and more details will be coming in the hour. All you have to do is give us the best shot you've got from up there on your drone and tag hashtag drone, hashtag Sharjah above. Let us know and you could win prizes there you go right then and there make sure you get involved guys this is your opportunity to do it get aerial with your drone and film beautiful charger pulse 95 wants you filmmakers to enter from charge and above with love with the best with the two best 60 second videos winning 10,000 dirhams each listen out to our shows for much much more We're back. <laughs> We're doing massive, massive things here <laughs> yeah. on Pulse 95 Radio. I got Mike and Sam are both chuckling, chuckling at me um, about that. But hey, listen, great to have you guys back. Now, Rashid, you were uh, sending me questions and probably trying to drop me in it during the break. So I thought I would share that because this segment is all about you guys, the listeners, the followers, the ones who make the show what it is. And the halftime show will be nothing without the listeners. So Rashid dropped something for me and said, London is blue and Manchester is red. And what he's alluding to is that London is uh, basically ruled by Chelsea, the blue, and Manchester is red. Manchester United is red. Um, so I like to counter these things. So here's how I'm going to say it. I don't think, I think Europe is blue. And the reason why I say Europe is blue is because Chelsea have won the Champions Leagues. They are the champions of Europe. Uh, and so they deserve to, you know, be put on a different level to a lot of teams. And they're even favourites this year to win the Premier League. So I, I would say it's only fair to say that Europe is blue. Now, as for Manchester being red, there's been a lot of hype and gas behind Manchester United and rightfully so with the players that they bought. However, right now, as we currently speak, until the end of the season, Manchester is still blue because Manchester City are champions of the Premier League. Which club can stay consistent throughout the season, in your opinion, is another question I have here. I will say, listen, I will say most of the teams that do win the Premier League or win championships in general will have a very strong defence. They also have to be injury-free. So meaning one uh, disruption to a back line, whether it's the back five, the goalkeeper or the back four, can really cost uh, a lot of teams, especially now with teams playing with false number nines rather than attackers, meaning that the pressure on the defence is a lot more to stay solid. And as we saw a chess game between Manchester City and Chelsea, like the way I tied that in, uh, it was very interesting. The problem with with looking at consistency now is we saw what Van Dijk did um, when he got injured against uh, Liverpool. Liverpool season was was very, very disrupted. We saw how City were without Laporte the season before that. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, I really think that right now, with all the teams and all the all the clubs looking, Chelsea will definitely be up there. I think um, Manchester United 
will be contenders, but I, in my opinion, I don't see them having the legs to to get past the finish line, especially with Europe. You know, um, Champions League is not going to be easy. All the cup games that you've seen them play. Then you've got the Premier League as well. You know, there's a lot of factors here that could really cost United in the long run. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, um, Chelsea, Manchester United, my, and I don't want to call them dark horses, kind of disrespectful to call them dark horses, but my dark horses for the season is actually Liverpool. I think a lot of people have turned a blind eye to Liverpool. I think a lot of people have uh, probably said, oh, Chelsea, Lukaku, Manchester United, you know, Cristiano, uh, Manchester City, obviously being Manchester City and champions, can they do it again? With their focus being mainly on Champions League, there are all these factors. But I think Liverpool will be the ones that might surprise people. You have seen some fantastic performances from Brighton, West Ham, you know, who have surprised a lot of people. But I think watch out for Liverpool. They will be, as long as they stay injury-free, and obviously Harvey Elliott being an injury already for them. And if they if they purchase one, one really big signing or two good players in January, you never know. Um, I've got another comment here. Where is the T-shirt from yesterday? Which t-shirt? Oh, the Arsenal t-shirt. Yeah, no, I didn't want to mention Arsenal versus Tottenham because, you know, what a spanking uh, Arsenal had yesterday. But again, we don't want to talk about Arsenal versus Tottenham. I think it's I, I think it's only fair we don't rub it in their faces. <laughs> Sorry. I just can't help it. I, re- I Honestly, you know what? Like I said to a lot of my friends yesterday who were saying all these things about the game, Arsenal know where they are. You know, they're not thinking they're going to finishing the Champions League spots or do any of that there's a long way to go and the level and quality between them and the other teams is evident so it was just nice because Tottenham fans were on my case for a while and they were especially when they were top of the league and we were bottom of the league and then we had the Champions League break and we played Chelsea and Manchester City in the first three games and lost to Brentford as well oh it was it was a nightmare but now the challenge is whether they can stay consistent. Yesterday was the first time I looked at the Arsenal team and I thought they can actually compete with teams. And there's no disrespect to Arteta, but the back five, if they stay injury-free, then then they'll be tested. I would like to see how that is. Then Partey right in front of them. Again, who's been injury prone oh my god him and Tierney get injured every game so watching that and and just looking at that kind of system that's what gave me a little bit of hope because Arsenal this year have been awful let's not get that twisted and now the Tottenham game means nothing without the Brighton game next which is away to Brighton next week so Brighton could be top by the end of the day so that's why I'm not getting too excited but if you saw my Instagram you would know that I just I left a bit out there just for some some of my friends who happen to be Tottenham fans who who rub it in my face all the time. But yeah, we said we weren't going to talk about Arsenal smashing Tottenham, so let's move on. Um, uh, Rashid, Manchester is only blue when United wear the third kit. Okay, fair enough. United will never win anything with Ole at the wheel. Mufi dropping the bombs there, which is interesting. And strength in depth is a huge factor over a long season. Absolutely. 100%. Love where you guys are going with that. Let's take a quick break. Um, we've got some Ben Long call. If you like an acoustic and you like a live session, then you will enjoy the next track I'm going to play for you guys. Enjoy this, folks. And we've got our final segment coming up after the break. Here you go, guys. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! 
on young creatives aged 16 and above to put their brilliance in the drone video competition we have over 30,000 dirhams in cash prizes to win all you have to do is get aerial with your drone and film beautiful Sharjah Pulse95 wants you to film and show us a different side of Sharjah all you have to do is tag Pulse95 radio hashtag uh, Sharjah above and the competition will be open from the 1st to the 30th. Make sure you get involved. This is your chance to win a lot of money. Win over 30,000 dirhams in cash prizes. You need to get that drone up in the air. Pulse95 wants to see you cleverly film and edit Sharjah drone videos. No more than 60 seconds. Almost had that right. <laughs> 60 seconds. And we are uh, going to be announcing that throughout our show. So make sure... You do that and more. Right. Okay. Now, let's talk about some of these questions that have been coming in as we've been uh, on break uh, throughout the show. Now, um, Rasha, the big Manchester United fan, massive, massive Manchester United fan. Uh, we were talking about Manchester United earlier. Obviously, you know, I've got a lot of uh, <laughs> Omnia saying killer promo. Omnia, I couldn't do this without you. Um We've got a lot of United fans that tune in, Florin, uh, Rashid, etc. I haven't heard from Asa. I don't know. Have you guys seen Asa? Hashtag, where's Asa? Um, but the question I have here is, if you manage Manchester United, what would you change? To be very honest with you, Manchester United is probably too big for me to manage right now. That's the first thing I'll be honest and be accountable with the fact it's a huge task. I've heard people say that Manchester United have elite players, but not an elite manager. And for an elite club, you do the maths. The mentality and the idea of being more assertive can be very, very dangerous when you deal with players who you've played with in the past and you're now coach of. So in this case, it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Cristiano Ronaldo who played in the same team at one point. But saying that, it's very hard to coach um, big, big personalities. I think a lot of people know that. I think you have to show them love, but you also have to put them right when, when you need to. And I think... With Manchester United, even after the Bruno miss, the penalty, by the way, did you see Emi Martinez? He was hilarious. But with the Bruno Fernandes miss, if you see Oli's um, response after they asked him, will, you know, will Bruno still be taking penalties? His answer was, you know, I've left it up to the players. They know what to do. They'll deal with it. Sometimes you kind of have to say that first is first Cristiano you're a fantastic player world class player one of the greatest ever I'm going to have you on penalties um, unfortunately I'm going to keep you away from free kicks and the reason why I'm going to do that is because your free kick record is awful so Bruno Fernandes you're going to be in charge of set pieces and you're going to be in charge of penalties that would be the first thing I'd have to say then the other thing is we all know that Cristiano Ronaldo has his talents, but he's also molded himself to fit a certain system. So I would make sure that everyone's on board in that system because when we switch things around, things would have to be done properly. Now, we talked about uh, depth and squad and Rashid said that, oh, well, we have 73 million sitting on the bench in Jaden Sancho. My only issue with that is that money could have been invested in Declan Rice. And if he had done that, then I, I can't see past breaking that back line, especially especially when you've got Shaw, Wambasaka, Varane and Maguire. Then you would have McTominay and 
uh, Declan Rice. And the reason why I put two of those is because in order for the three to express themselves ahead of them, and I'm, I'm guessing it's a 4-2-3-1, that's my favorite formation. You said if I was in charge, what would I do? So that's that's what I would do. The three across would be giving them the the freedom to be able to create chances for Ronaldo. And, that, and I'm talking about your Greenwoods. I'm talking about your uh, Pogba's and your Bruno Fernandes and your Sancho's to be able to create three of the four chances for Cristiano Ronaldo and I think that's what I would do regarding that but that's just my opinion um, the issue in my opinion is this is Rashid saying the issue in my opinion is the coach is not the manager because Oli doesn't do the coaching so I think they should change the coaching team I think they've changed the coaching team a lot and I think actually the coaching team uh, Rashid is the one that saved Oli the job I think Mike Phelan I think Carrick and I think all these people being able to coach uh, the players, as you say, has saved Oli's job a long time ago because these none of these coaches would be there if someone like a Diego Simeone was there or if someone like Antonio Conte was there. None of these none of these coaches would be there, and that's just my opinion. Um, Sergey Martinez advised Bruno to give a shot to Cristiano. Yes, I saw that. I saw him saying uh, to Cristiano, "I want you to take the penalty." It was very interesting. The psychology, and he's done that, by the way, with um, with Mina in, the, in Copa America as well. But we are reaching full time on the halftime show. Thank you very much for spending the hour with me. I've loved it. We've gone all the way to a couple of minutes before the afternoon karaoke with Aisha Mazmi and Mikan Atia. Fantastic to see uh, Mikan Atia back in the studio live. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And I will see you back here every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, same time, same place on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 3 p.m. 